Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and spooky season lives in my dark black soul all year long. I'm not going to say anything. I'm Jules, and I'm obsessed with decorating for Halloween. Every year, I find a way to one-up myself. There you go. See? Lives in yours, too. Mm, I wouldn't consider mine a black soul. Okay, well, you know, potato, potato. (laughs) (laughs) Tomato, tomato. (laughs) So, in case you haven't guessed this episode, we're kicking off our celebration of spooky season. It is finally official. Jules is letting me talk about it without giving me all sorts of grief. I'm still giving her a little bit of side eye, though. Just a tiny bit. Um, Our next two episodes will feature some wickedly good and seasonally (laughs) appropriate wines, starting with Final Girl Grenache from Happy Canyon in Santa Barbara, and it should be devilishly, 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 devilishly delicious. She was trying to be real smart there. I was. Yep. 100%. That's, and we're not re-recording. Nope. That's my jam. That's my, that's my MO. Everyone knows this. Yep. But to start off, let's go with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. Jules, what are you cheersing and jeersing? I am cheersing to not being an adult asshole and enjoying all the fun that the season has to offer. I like that. I respect yeah. that. I like when people get into it. Yeah. Be festive. Be festive. And At an appropriate time. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, and what are you jeersing? I am jeersing to spending way too much money on Halloween That shit's candy. expensive. It's, and I go to Costco, I go to the dollar store, and we still spend... A lot of money because we, I kid you not, at one point we have handed out over 2,000 pieces of candy. See, so dear listener, here's the crazy part. Jules and I live in literally the same community. We're just on opposite sides of a major like business thoroughfare in that community. I'm on the right side of the tracks. I'm on, she's in the flats, I'm in the hills. Um, (laughs) We get like 10 trick-or-treaters. We lived seven blocks away, and we got no trick-or-treaters. When we first moved into this house, the first Halloween, I had bought one little bag of candy at, like, Walgreens. (laughs) And I was like, oh, if we have a couple random people. Within five minutes, that shit was gone. We shut the lights down, and we were army crawling through our house. Like... Because people you're were banging on the door. Movie. They're like, we know you're in there. Yeah, we know you're in there. Banging on the windows. And I was like, fuck, we are not prepared for this. We were shocked. But then, bet your ass the next year, I was prepared. Amazing. What are you cheersing to? I am cheersing to getting in the spirit and conjuring spirits. Uh, so, scary movies, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, decorations, haunted houses, scary books, fall colors. I fucking love all of it. I'm she here And she's been talking about it forever. All of it. We get it. We get it. You love fall. You're cheers into fall. What are we cheers into? Climate change is really fucking with my fall vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you talking about? It is gloomy and rainy and blah well, today. Today that is it's fall great. Vibes. Today it's great. But like... It's going to be like, I don't know, almost 80 next week. I'm not I'm not here for that. Like, consistency, people. Consistency. Okay, yeah. So climate change is just fucking with her fall vibes. There's really no is. other problems with climate change. I mean, there are, but I'm just, you know, you asked me how I We're was doing. We're honing in on this one thing. You asked me how I was doing, I'm telling you. Okay, there you have it. Cheers and cheers.
I am very excited about this week's Showinigans because it is based on something that I heard on the radio in Philadelphia 20 years ago. So there was this one, you know, radio show that I listened to in the morning at this for the one job that I had where I actually had to commute in the car. So I listened to the radio in the car, right? And one morning they did this whole, like, you're trapped in a Home Depot. And it's like a fight to the death. What weapon do you choose as your one weapon that's going to get you out of the Home Depot, like, fight to the death situation? So, because we're doing a Halloween episode, Dre and I thought we would do different crazy scenarios. And you have to choose the weapon that you think is going to get you out of that scenario or help you survive that scenario. God. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. This is going to be a shit show. <laughs> Our first scenario is the zombie apocalypse. Drea, what weapon do you choose? Okay, so this is the only one of my choices that may make some actual fucking sense this episode. Okay. Um, ninja stars. Why? You don't have to get close. Okay. Once you're good enough, and I'm just assuming I'm going to be good at it, you just throw the fucking... <laughs> she's not. But she's not. She absolutely is not going to be good at it. throw the fucking ninja star, take their goddamn brain out. She's going to throw the ninja star and it's going to hit her foot. Literally. <laughs> you, you take their brain out, and then they're dead, and they're lying there, and you just go, you retrieve your ninja star, you wipe it off because it's going to be and you nasty, go on to the next. and you go on to the next. Yeah, ninja okay. stars. All right, what about you? Chainsaw. I went the opposite of you because... Girl, haven't you ever watched Hunger Games? Zombies? No. Have you ever watched The Walking Dead? They yes. walk so fucking slow. Yeah. And they're so clueless that you... This is like the one instance that you can get up close and personal and there needs to be no finesse about it. I don't need to have an aim. I don't need, Like, I literally just fucking whack at them and that's it. Done. <laughs> Chop their head off. On to the next. Oh, I was totally going to hide in a tree and throw my ninja stars at him. <laughs> no, I'm coming at him. I am coming at him. I'm a pacifist at heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Second scenario. There is a serial killer in the woods. True final girl scenario. Also, Rob and I did have that experience camping. Where the guy was sitting outside of our tent telling us to get out of the tent. Oh, the one who was like stoned out of his mind. Yes. yes. Not a serial killer, but similar scenario. What was Rob's weapon of choice that night? He grabbed like a buck knife. Oh, I mean, that's fair. And he just ran out in his underwear and ran out into the woods and like disappeared into the dark. It was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> that's the story for another time. Okay, go. Flamethrower. Oh, that's <laughs> Oh, I like it. Again, so so I had a similar thought. You don't have to get close. You don't have to, but you don't have to be great at it either. You and, just fucking blast. Yeah, and it up. you can still disorient the motherfucker if you need to for long enough to keep running. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Flamethrower. I went with barbed wire. Oh, interesting choice. Why? Wrap it around a fucking tree. He's chasing you. You... You, like, run a circuit and get the barbed wire going, and he's following you, and he's going to fucking fall into that Wait, shit. but you're just carrying you're this big fucking bushel of Listen, barbed I'm wire? Going, I'm going Hollywood style, where you're like, that would never happen! Oh, I see. I see. Okay. 
I didn't know there were no rules here. Oh, but I can't throw a fucking ninja star? No, actually. Because I can run and and trail some barbed wire behind me at the wow. same time. Wow, okay, fine. Be also, I'm, I'm actually a fast runner. So I am taking into consideration that I'm going to be a faster runner than this person. And it's going to give you those extra few seconds to be able to, like, stop, put the barbed wire around the bottom of a tree a well, couple yeah. times, and then keep running. Of course you're a faster runner than I am. You're, like, 18 feet fucking tall. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, just let the short one die. That's racist. <laughs> Survival of the fittest, baby. Survival of the fittest. Let that be your lesson. Okay, next scenario. Demonic possession a nun <laughs> that's your weapon is a nun yeah because you can just throw her at the demon no she's and then gonna help me it's gonna be teamwork oh okay yeah like you know like just a person of i mean listen a demon's gonna see me and be like this fucking bitch again like they don't need that the demon's gonna be like Ugh, i can't be bothered with you. <laughs> yeah, i'm demon. going to the next person yeah, exactly so literally your weapon is yourself Oh, I had it in me all You had it in you. It was part of you. It was in your black soul. It was in my black soul. I feel warm and fuzzy. Like a demon in a coat, in a snuggie. In a fur coat. In a snuggie. (laughs) Yes. A demon wrapped in a fur coat made of fire. This is sounding like sympathy for the devil, and I I like it. it. (laughs) I'm into it. All right. what, What is your weapon? A steak soaked in holy water. How are you going to stab a demon? I mean, they do manifest physically. But, like, it's a possession. So, like, let's say Rob mm-hmm. is the one who's possessed. Oh, I'd stake his ass with some holy water. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in the thigh or, you know, like, in the lower ribs. Like, not anywhere that's going to kill Rob, but it's going to kill the demon inside of him. Because the holy water is going to spread through his veins. I don't know if that's how that works. That's how it works in my world. Oh, wow. You said no rules. Yeah, yeah but then you were like, listen, you listen, short listen bitch with no aim. What is a nun going to do? Chant some shit at it? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Okay, moving on. There is an alien invasion. What do you grab? A nuclear weapon. <laughs> so you destroy the entire world, including I mean, yourself. Listen. Sometimes you have to make a sacrifice. <laughs> and look, Earth will go on. It will work. In fact, Earth is going to be better off. Also, we are destroying our planet anyway, so let's be honest. Yeah. We are going to implode eventually. Earth is going to be like, fuck, it's finally fine. I get a break. Thank you, Mother, Drea. Mother Mother Nature, Mother Earth is going to be like, these fucking humans. Yeah, she'll survive. Okay. All right. And you? Acid. What's acid going to do? I'm throwing acid at that alien. How you don't even know if it works. You I'm know. just I'm going to assume that acid is going to damage the alien enough for me to get away. Listen, neither one of us are scientists. I'm just listen. <laughs> I'm just going with what popped okay. in my head. All right. Well, sure. Okay. Our final <laughs> scenario is tech slash rise of the machines. So we were thinking like. Uh, the Terminator, Predator, Robot, like Space Odyssey 2001. I said Simon, but it's Hal. It's Hal. Like that kind of stuff. What's your weapon? Chat GPT. No, just kidding. <laughs> 
Chat GPT is gonna bore the fuck out of the tech. Chat GPT is gonna be like, and then they lived happily ever after, and the machines are just gonna be like, you fucking loser. Okay. Um, I actually don't have a good one for this. I think we're all gonna die this way. <laughs> I mean, it's. We're it's all coming. gonna we're all gonna lose our jobs this way. That's for sure. It's coming. It is coming. <laughs> I feel like I've got a good one for this. Ooh, okay. This I I had a hard time with this, but I'm also like eyeballs deep in AI bullshit at work right now. So you know, this is true. I'm feeling hateful. <laughs> Wait, drink your, drink your wine. Can I drink your juice, Shelby? <laughs> Wait, can I get the demons from the? previous question to come to attack, and attack. deal with the machines no you cannot harness the power of the demons or maybe you could i'm not sure i think i could i think maybe you could yeah all right okay so demons would be my second choice after right. chat gpt Fine. fair demons using chat gpt <laughs> oh lord all right what's what's your brilliant plan jumper cables um did the, like, machine uprising start in my fucking Prius? Listen, it, it like, <laughs> sends electricity through, and if these things are powered by an electrical current, which most of them are, you fucking overload their system and you fry their quote-unquote brains. That's my thought. I wonder if that would work at work. I don't know, but every meeting I've been in where we have to talk about AI, I'm like, has anyone here ever even seen Terminator? But we're not talking about AI like ChatGPT. We're talking about like a ro- like a physical robot, like something that's like happening. Or if it is a computer, if you fry a computer, it's done. Unless, unless. It's how, and it lives in the... Computer. Yeah, like they have uploaded themselves to the cloud. Yes, well, then we're all fucked. I mean, that's like, who? what, what do we have against that? Okay, well, I mean, so, I think... Ant-Man. We can insert Ant-Man. Really? That's your go-to? I don't know. Ant-Man is your go-to? Fucking Paul Rudd is the (laughs) go-to? I mean, it looks going Iron Man. Ninja Star Girl. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely not. Okay, so I think the moral of this dark Halloween tale is that we're all doomed. We're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so pick your weapon, drink good wine, and kiss your ass goodbye. Agreed. You're welcome. You're welcome. We would love to hear what your weapon of choice would be in these scenarios. So put a little comment on our Instagram and let us know where you fall on the spectrum of weapons needed to combat these horrific, crazy scenarios that we have presented. Bottle number 65 is Final Girl. Is this, this is very Rocky Horror of you right now. <laughs> wow. It's a 2019 Grenache. The price point for this wine is $35. The ABV is a whopping 14.8% for a Grenache. That's, that's a heavy hitter. And it's a Grenache out of Happy Canyon in the Santa Barbara AVA. Drea, tell us about this varietal. So we love a Grenache on the podcast. No, I we don't. The, what? Yes, we do. You like a Grenache. I like shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. 
She's been overserved. Do you listen to the abuse that I have to take? You know what? They're they're like give her more. Give her <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. So especially the people that know me, <laughs> they're like she doesn't get enough abuse. <laughs> give her more. Uh, so Grenache is a red grape varietal grown extensively in France, Spain, Australia, and the United States. Is particularly versatile both in the vineyard and the winery, which may explain why it's one of the most widely distributed grapes in the world. So More about that coming up. It's no it's no surprise that we like it. They've saturated the market. <laughs> it's been shoved down our throat. <laughs> the oldest trick in the book. Um, while it is originally thought to have originated in Spain, some now believe that the grape originated in Sardinia and was taken to Spain by the Aragonese who occupied the island in the 14th century. Otherwise known as the Aragonese. Oh, sure. Thank you. Language person over here. I appreciate you. Grenache berries have a thin skin and ripen late in the growing season. So in other words, they're some of the last red grapes to be picked. Um, As a result, the vines can be very sensitive to climate and terroir. But oddly enough, and I found this super interesting... Poor soils, so soils that are poor in nutrients, actually give the best results. And that's because old vine Grenache um, does best in rocky soils and stone. Uh, And what happens is those vines or those roots dig deep. Um, So they go deep. Real deep. So Real deep. you see a lot of dry farming of Grenache for this reason, because what it does when vines when we've talked about this on the podcast before, but when vines have to dig deep, they get all those nutrients and that minerality from deep, deep, deep in the sediment. Um, in the glass, Grenache tends to exhibit rich, spicy berry flavors, particularly raspberry. Um, and wines from very hot regions can certainly have some corresponding warmth, such as cooked fruit or like stewed stone fruit characteristics. In one of the places in the U.S. where you see Grenache the most is in GSM blends. So again, that G stands for Grenache along with Syrah Mavedra. Um, in these blends, the pepper notes of a Syrah can sometimes be enhanced and balanced by a Grenache, which makes it an ideal blending partner. It also makes it a really versatile wine for different occasions, different food, like foods, pairings, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Well, and it's one of those wines that I think, or one of those grapes that kind of transcends seasons. Like I've seen a number of chilled reds, so they're Grenache based or full Grenache. Uh They're really nice. And then definitely getting those, those warmer, earthier tones um, with your more traditional Grenaches in the fall and the winter. So yeah. Mm. All right. So what are some... Fun facts that you have for us this episode. Fun facts with Jules. So, Grenache is the name in France. Garnacha is the name in Spain. Same grape, same and wine. With the X, when they spell it with the X, that denotes Grenache from certain regions in Spain. Of course, because it got to be like that. Wow, you're the language person. I'm just saying. Just trying to help you out. Spain gets... The Barcelona region gets a little crazy about that. Yeah, the X. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Come along. Yeah, you're welcome. Grenache is generally known for its affordability because it's a high yield grape, but it doesn't mean it doesn't know how to post up the high prices around the world. On the central coast of California, which is one of our favorite areas to be tasting the wines, 
a cult Grenache wine from Sinaquanon. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Have I've you been heard? there? No. Girl, that's above my budget. Can retail from between $300 to $2,000. That's a little too spicy for our taste, but okay, you do you. I think those are like all my clubs combined, possibly. <laughs> it's true. Uh, as Drea mentioned earlier, there is more land dedicated to Grenache than any other grape around the world, literally. Rumor has it that there are close to 12,000 acres of Grenache vineyards in China. And we've talked about this before in the podcast that the Chinese market is huge. Yeah. I love how it's a rumor, though, because no one really knows what the fuck is going on over there. Because no one lets us know what's happening. <laughs> Uh, the fourth largest growing region is Algeria, and the sixth largest is Tunisia. That doesn't surprise me, because it's a French varietal that does well in hot climates. Yeah, yeah. hot, rocky climates, mm-hmm. correct. Uh, the earliest mention of Garnacha, or Grenache, apparently appeared all the way back in 1513 in a text by Gabriel Alonso de Herrera called Agricultura General. History lesson, people. Nice, nice. And then here's your final fun fact. Because alcohol is a solvent to capsaicin, which is the heat unit in spicy food. So like when you eat a jalapeno pepper, like, and you get that burn in your mouth, that's a capsaicin. A lighter alcohol grenache served slightly chilled can help reduce the burn of spicy food. Oh. So there's a good tip for a pairing. Spicy food, a light Grenache, serve chilled, which we love a chilled red. We do love a chilled red. See our last episode. All right. We got a two episodes ago. Two episodes? Two episodes. Oh, geez. (laughs) 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 Two episodes ago, everybody. Uh, We should try that pairing real soon. (laughs) So speaking of fun facts, why don't you tell us about the Happy Canyon region of Santa Barbara? I'm so excited we finally get to talk about Happy Canyon. This is just, I love the name. It's cute. It's also completely like the opposite of it's meat cute. Some of our our themes this episode, but that's okay. So Happy Canyon literally was officially the juxtaposition <laughs> is real. Everyone, Happy Canyon was officially designated in two thousand and nine, and is the smallest AVA in Santa Barbara County when measured by land under vine. It covers about thirty seven square miles. Um, with 492 acres of planted vines. The area comprises canyons. Shocking, I know. Happy Canyon? What? (laughs) Hills and river and creek basins to the east and south of the San Rafael Mountains. It's northwest of Lake Kachuma and just north of the Santa Inez River. So it is kind of prime real estate in that Santa Barbara County Central Coast area because it's really getting the best of all of those different areas around it. Um, growers from Santa, I mean, winemakers from Santa Barbara, Paso, even up as far as Napa and Sonoma, source from Happy Canyon. And these are some of the most sought after wines in California, period. Um, elevations within the AVA range from anywhere from 500 feet in the southwest corner to 3,430 feet in the northeast corner. And again, those are the foothills of the San Rafael Range. Um, that's a 
hugely diverse area when you're looking at that. Uh, and Comprise it is home to six major vineyards and one active winery. So again, those three... I thought you were going to say active volcano. <laughs> <laughs> that would be appropriate for this episode. <laughs> Um, those 37 square miles really aren't a lot when you think about it and you Mm -hmm. think about the space that's needed to, to grow these vines and to produce these wines. Um, the terrain includes high slopes and very soil, varied soils, um, which are best suited for growing Bordeaux varietals like Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Petit Verdot. But Grenache is also considered one of those, a French, so why not? Why not? So let's uh, talk a little bit more about this specific winemaker and the winery for the wine that we're drinking, Final Girl. So this was a fun one to research. And I um, I actually found this bottle at a little wine shop in Solvang, California. There's this cute little wine shop that focuses on small producers up there. And that's where I found it. And I immediately... Text- Do you remember the name of that wine shop? Oh, man, I got to look it up. We'll look it up. Um, Fail. I know. Sorry. I drink a lot. I don't know what to tell you. But (laughs) I immediately texted Jules and I was like, we have to include this in our Halloween arc Um, because it's just such a it's such an iconic label. It, you know, harkens back to the the legacy of 1970s and 1980 horror movies and slasher films. So I really wanted to, to cover this one. And the story behind the label is everything I wanted it to be. So Final Girl is owned by winemaker Anna Anna Clifford and her husband and business partner, Peter Lankucky. Lankucky? 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 We're not sure. Peter. (laughs) (laughs) The seedlings for the label were planted in 2016 when they met at a party in New Zealand and their first conversation was about what skills they would bring to the zombie apocalypse. Yes. If that doesn't say love at first sight, I don't know what does. And if I you're not willing it. to yeah. talk to me about the zombie apocalypse, you're dead to me. Except for Lauren Martin. <laughs> right. You're not dead to me. She, she, she wants, not want to talk she wants nothing to do with any of this. Like, she wants nothing to do with any of this She's skipping this episode. <laughs> Other than revealing that he could fly a Cessna and that she made wine for a living and could shoot a gun, they learned that they both have an affinity for horror movies. Uh, Anna is the daughter of an Irish Catholic father and a Guatemalan immigrant mother. Um, And she didn't grow up with much wine around her other than at church. Which you know is bad. (laughs) And watered down. But her life took on a direction, or took on a new direction at age 13 when she saw the film French Kiss. Which, as a rom-com fan, Jules, you should recall, starred Meg Ryan. This was in the heyday of her rom-com moment. Um, There was a subplot in the film... Uh, about this guy starting a vineyard and she decided that that's what she wanted to do when she saw funny where inspiration strikes you i love it i actually got the idea for my dissertation from a movie oh yeah there you go um she then went on to study enology and viticulture at uc davis's fame program um and cucky on the other hand peter peter sorry peter wrote horror stories screenplays and podcasts in his spare time but he only knew wine as a fan from like the outside world he was Mm -hmm. not in the industry right 
Um, with nearly 20 years under her belt, however, including 10 years in Napa and Sonoma and three working in New Zealand, Clifford knew wine intimately and was technically an amateur when it came to horror movies, but she was a total fan of Halloween season, kindred spirit, thank you very much, and scary movies since her childhood. Anyway, that talk about zombies led to pure romance, and the two got married in 2017 and got to work. The name... On wine. Yes. <laughs> On murder. No. <laughs> murder. <laughs> The name Final Girl is a nod to their shared love of horror movies and books. Um, And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the trope, Final Girls in the genre are the ones who survive all the gore until the very end of the plot. Um, So they're like, think uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, right? Or Jessica Biel in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, like these are iconic Final Girls, right? Um... And so, as, you know, when when Clifford's reflecting on the name, you know, she talks about being a female winemaker, gritty, being determined, um, and kind of sticking it out to the end. So it's also an homage to her seeing through her vision. Um, They launched Final Girl in 2019 with a party on Friday the 13th. Duh. (laughs) Which I love. Um, and, of course, they showed slasher fix, flicks in the background while pouring sips of their inaugural Petite Verdot and a Grenache Syrah blood. Why were we not there? <laughs> I know. We're fools. Ugh. Their logo, which you'll see on our Instagram, is the silhouette of a chainsaw-toting woman. Um, and each bottle pays homage to a specific final girl from the horror genre. So, as you can imagine, Final Girl has quickly attracted attention from wine lovers and television and film buffs and aficionados alike, uh, and now is really, I think, on the up and up when it comes to wines from the Happy Canyon area. Uh, In addition to all that cool shit that we love, um, Final Girl also has some of the hallmarks of just wines that we like to support in general so a female winemaker bipoc winemaker um, but all the vineyards that they source from are sustainable biodynamic or organically certified all of their wines are crafted in small batches and with low interventions so again winemaking i think that we really respect here on the podcast and i don't know about you but i'm very excited to dive into this bottle oh i'm so excited because i've never tried it yeah, I haven't I either. I have no idea what this is. Expect. This is a newbie for both of us. And I'm super pumped. So let's do it. Let's slash it. Oh, I like that. Say it. Let's, let's slash, slash it. it. All right, so let's get this extra spooky tasting session underway. So first things first. Let's take a look at what's in the glass. Jules, what are you seeing? I, we're, I'm i going to keep with the spooky theme and like say it. like it's it. like a garnet red or a bloodstone red. Like I'm picturing what Dracula would whoa, have on a whoa, signet whoa. ring. That's very specific and precise. Yeah. And I like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wasn't that specific. I was like vampire blood red. That's kind of specific though. That's true. It yeah. is. It it does. Also, vampire blood is like black. It's not red. Okay, so maybe it's like what the, the vampires would they have drink. in their so human blood. Yeah, red. like I think of. <laughs> God damn! All right, like, I'm literal. <laughs> I think I forgot how much you like rules. Um, You're thinking about the. And the blood as it drips out of their mouth. Or, like, as like it drips that. out of the victim's neck, you know? Just like okay. those, yeah, you know. So, the blood that you see in vampire movies. Yeah, okay. essentially. Got it. You know. But think of, like, some, like, sexy vampire just, like, swirling some blood in a very opulent yes. crystal glass. Oh, in his big fucking castle in Transylvania. Exactly. Wearing, like, silk or something. I don't know. Silk robes and stuff. I kind of want to date him. <laughs> Calm down, girl. Get your loins Sorry, together Rob. over there. Sorry, hot Rob. Okay, on the nose. Hot Rob, be a vampire from Halloween. Pro tip. Pro tip. Okay, on the nose. Go. Uh, I got, I'm getting dark stone fruits, cherry, and then black pepper. There's that kind of like, where you sniff it, there's that initial like, I don't think I have to sneeze, but there's almost like that initial part of when you get black pepper in your nose. She's also got allergies, so, you know, there's that. I mean, there's that, but there's definitely, like, a spice to it. And a spice, like a black pepper spice, where it's not going to be overwhelming. So, on the nose, I'm getting, like, dark, like, black plums, black currants, strawberry, but a little bit of, like, leather and woodsiness. And chains. Ooh. And whips. Wow. This is <laughs> taking a, this is a really different version of Dracula. <laughs> Got very Anne Rice in here all of a yes, sudden, everybody. Um, but no, that like that leather um, that can sometimes be associated with a heavier Grenache, I mm-hmm. think is is definitely present in this bottle. So th- that's telling me it's gonna it's gonna be a heavy hitter. This yes. one. All right, should we get into this? Let's do it. Oh, I think we should warn our listeners or let them know. Full disclosure: we did aerate this bottle. We didn't, though. Well, we aerated the glass. Full disclosure, we tried it. We poured it into our glasses, and we started taking notes. And then Drea said, I wonder what this would taste like if we aerated it. So we then poured a glass through the aerator and tried that. And it's two very different um, experiences. So we're going to talk to you about like what we initially got. And then what happened when we aerated it? Great summary. Listen, I'm fucking honest. You are honest. You were being a liar. I'm not being a liar. You I'm just, were. Li- listen, you just added like three minutes onto this, and you're I the one not. who's concerned about I did all the not. time. So the non-aerated version for Jules, I literally was like, "This is spicy. Like it's hot." She in made the a mouth. face too. Yeah, I did. I was like, "Whoop." Hot take. That is not what I expected from the Grenache. Yeah, I mean, in a similar vein, I was like, oh, this is really bold. A vein, like blood vein. Oh, look at you. <laughs> I like that. Uh, pick it up when I'm <laughs> setting down. Very nice. Uh, it's really bold for a Grenache. And mm-hmm. I said it's more of a Spanish-style Grenache. Like, very um, spiced-forward, leather, tobacco, peppery finish. Wasn't getting a whole lot of the fruit on there. When we no. did aerate yeah. it, though, it's you get a lot more of the fruit. I think for me, kind of like middle of the ride on the palate. 
So like, and also it just like balanced everything out. It, it was yeah. a lot smoother, and it was literally poured through this little like aerating thing. Like we didn't put it in a decanter. We didn't decant it. We just aerated it, which is this little cone thing. They're not that expensive, so we'll post a photo for yeah, sure. I feel like it's worth having one of those on hand for some wines. Being like, would this taste different if I put it through the aerator? And I think one of the things that I said to Drea was. If you were serving this to sort of like a general dinner party where you weren't really sure what everybody drinks, a the aerated crowd, yeah. version is going to go down a lot better than the non-aerated version. Yeah. It's just very hot. I think it makes it a little bit more approachable. The other thing yeah. you might want to do is drop this down a little bit more so it's uh, a little... Temperature-wise? Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, you're... I was thinking earlier, I was like, should we chill this? I wouldn't put a full not, chill on it. It's cold out, so I don't want to, yeah. But I would drop it to maybe like 60 degrees. Yeah, yeah. You know, somewhere in there just to kind of take that edge off a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, I will say this too. The original glass that we poured um, is certainly opening up, and I'm getting more of those fruit notes from that serving as well. So it will, it will open up. It just needs to, I think. But, I mean, all in all... It's really delicious. It's delightful. It is. I really, I think, I really love this. A fantastic choice for fall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hitting all those right notes, and it's going to go deliciously with all the things that you want to eat during this time of year. So I think that it'd be a really good holiday wine too. Like oh, this would be a solid holiday. Yeah. Wine. I mean, and when we say holidays too, I mean if if you are among the fraction who celebrate uh, a national day of mourning, re Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Christmas, but like think it would like go heavy with like meal. I'm thinking like a heavy cranberries, gravy, yeah. ham, goose, yes, turkey, all of that, yeah, turdurkin, turduncan, 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 no, turduncan, turkey, duck, chicken, turduncan, turduncan. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Listen, I watch Top Chef. <laughs> You're making a Valentine. This is a whiny lot. Tur Duncan. Tur Duncan. Well, only Americans would fuck that up. Would take I mean, would take a, a storied French tradition of opulence and fuck that up. Anyway, so Duncan. No, it's Tur Duncan. Tur Duncan. It is. I just looked it up. I girl, watch Tur-Duncan. Top Chef. I'm just saying. I'm seeing turducken. Listen, I'm going to go with Tom Caligio says. The turducken is a turkey brined in Dunkin' Donuts culottes. Stuffed with munchkins and served with coffee, gravy, and mashed hash browns. I don't even know what the fuck half of that sentence means. That's literally what it says. What the fuck is a munchkin? Dunkin. The munchkins are the donut holes. I was like, like from the Wizard of Oz? Because that's racist. A turducken is what I was talking about. Anyway. Jesus. All right. Now you have all the pronunciations of turducken. Of a bastardized American version of a French delicacy. I mean, yes. Great. It's probably delicious. I've never had it. Oh, God. Absolutely not. All right. So if you're not. Let's talk about food pairing. I don't know. Stuffing your face with munchkins. What the fuck are you going to eat with this? I'm eating a turducken. No. I would pair this with a traditional paella. A Spanish paella. Or a Spanish fideo, which is like a paella, but with vermicelli rice, which is a type of, like, pasta. Yeah. I can see that, for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, those are kind of over an open flame made. It's going to, yeah. They're going to hold up to this wine. Absolutely. I mean, I will say, I think this wine needs a a strong flavored food. So I'm thinking like meat. So barbecue chicken pizza, ribs, beef kebabs, steak fajitas, like something hearty, something warm. Um, I would even do like bison chili with this too, I think would be mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. So something in that vein for sure. All right, what's your situation? My situation is again combined with my entertainment, which would be Halloween at our house where we have all of our friends come over. We make three to four different kinds of chili. Like it's sort of like potluck style. Bison chili is one of the ones that I always make. Um, we put scary traditional the traditional scary movies on the TV. We all like now when you say traditional scary movies, like I'm talking about like Friday Thirteenth, Halloween, like Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, because I'd be like like the old school like eighties, nineties. Oh, okay, because I'm movies. I'm thinking like Universal Monsters, Phantom of the Opera, Frankenstein, Dracula, no. Bela Lugosi, Boris no. Karloff. No, I'm talking about the stuff that people know. Who doesn't know those things? People don't know. They're that. literal fucking classics. I didn't say classic. I said traditional. There's a difference. Wow, really digging into the semantics. Okay. Difference. Wow. Okay, go and on. And we all pile into the living room. We sit on the floor. We sit on the couch. We pull extra chairs in. And we don't, like, we watch the movies in the background because we've all seen these movies before. Mm-hmm. And we enjoy our chili and our cornbread and, like, all the accoutrements. And it's just super fun. I like it. I like it. And I will just hoard this bottle for myself. No one else gets to have it. <laughs> just like a fucking silly straw in the corner. <laughs> well, they'll be like, Where, what, what wine are you drinking? They'll be like, oh, that wine that's out there on the table. I'd be like, mind your business. The Trader Joe's wine. I made you chili, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Drea? Uh, so I definitely want to be cozy and have a teenage, uh, TV night with this wine. A teenage night? Teenage night. A teenage... Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> You know, get cozy at home with all your spooky shit and your little Halloween throw blanket. Don't fucking judge me because I have one. It's fine. But my pick for TV is um, the second season of a show I'm obsessed with is coming out in October. And it's called 30 Coins. It's a Spanish production. uh, And it's about a excommunicated priest who molested little boys no who was like doing unsanctioned exorcisms oh and it's little boys no and it's this whole (laughs) like plot um to raise the antichrist that he's trying to like subvert it's it is freaky as shit though and i'm in but you have to read subtitles so be ready for that yeah but it's well worth it um all right entertainment we've already talked about mine is halloween watch movies blah 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 So the other pairing I have for this, which I think is very appropriate, is um, a book by one of my favorite authors, Grady Hendrix, called The Final Girl Support Group. And the premise is it is it is a therapy group, which, you know, I love of final girls who have survived these these serial killers and they start disappearing one by one. It is. I didn't read that. Mm-hmm. Have you given me that book? Have I? I maybe. So. Maybe I. Oh no, it's on my Kindle. That should. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. Okay. I can give you my Kindle though. There we go. I think you can share it with me on your Kindle. But okay. Anyway, so um, I should read this. It is fantastic. All of his books are fantastic, but that's one of my favorites. He also has one called My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, there you have it. Love it. Okay, where can we purchase this bottle? So these bottles are a little bit harder to find. You really got to want it. Um, they currently do not have a tasting room. So they are pouring. Oh, at, I thought that they were in Los Alamos. No, they're pouring multiple places. One is in Los Alamos. They pour at a place in Los Olivos and a couple in Solvang. Is it Pico Los Alamos? It might be. I think so. Pico usually has um, a bunch of different ones. Uh, they're at Vinovore in Los Angeles, but you can order from their website. So they are at finalgirlwines.com, um, and you can find all of their current releases there. And so if you are as fascinated by their label as we are, give them a follow and give them some love and also give us a spooky shout out. If you've enjoyed this episode, five-star review, please, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a follow on Instagram. We are two girls in a great pod. That's T-W-O, girls in a great pod. Until next time, a very spooky salute. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> that sounded like a fucking haunted horse. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>